Perfect. We're officially on. It is Tuesday, right? I think it's Tuesday. I've lost track. Yes, it's Tuesday. With this yep. stay-at-home quarantine, whatever the hell this is we're doing. I've lost track of my days, which I'm working still, so that doesn't speak too well for me. Um, <laughs> so it's Tuesday evening. This is my second official quarantine podcast. I'm here with, with Jess Rest from Lake Travis High School, right? Yep. Perfect. Uh, out of Austin. This is the, you're, you're my second girls coach, only my second one. Yay! And, and we didn't get to talk about it earlier before we started recording, but um, when, when I first started publishing this, mm-hmm. and I published it to Apple Podcasts, the, the, I got really good feedback on Apple Podcasts, but there were several, two or three people left you know, reviews, and they said, hey, great, but what about the girls? Right. So, so the only right. people that, that wrote anything were, were folks that were like, Hey, what about the girls game? Right. So right. I'm, I'm trying, I, I feel like I'm making progress. And I actually had some other friends here in Houston locally reach out to me after I talked with Amanda. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to have you on. I also know when we were talking earlier, goodness, we could talk about girls. We could talk about youth. We could talk <laughs> about high school. Right. Um, yep. and, and we're consciously going to focus on, on girls tonight. So I'm, I'm pretty yes. pumped up about that. Um, yeah, thanks for spending the time. I love it. For sure. For um, sure. I mean, I'm obviously super involved, so anything yeah. to help yeah, and this talk feels, about lacrosse. This feels like a discussion things. where if we got a few beers in a, into us, it could last like three or four hours, right? Probably, Probably. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty easily. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Excellent. Well, no, we're, we're going to focus very intentionally on, on girls today. Um, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it off with the, the same question I ask everybody, right? Which is, how did you find the sport of lacrosse, right? And, and and when you found it, what what was it, right? What did it look like? What were you doing when you found it? So I started playing my freshman year of high school, and I pretty much just didn't know what else to do. And a bunch of my friends played lacrosse, and I didn't make the softball team, so I was cut from the softball team. And I was like, well, I gotta do something. And my friends were like, just come do it. And it was not new, but new-ish at the high school I was at. So I did that. I just went and I tried it for the first time. And I, it was high. I mean, we were doing wall ball in the gym because it's, you know, end of February in New York. So there's still snow on the ground. But it was, I just loved it right away. And my friends that I played with and their teammates and that class, of the girls in my class, there were seven or eight of us. And we just loved it. I mean, it was just a little cult almost, so what, what <laughs> but in a good was, way. <laughs> what year was this? What was that? What year was that? Uh, that was 2000. 2000. Oh my gosh, yeah. you were so young. You were killing me. <laughs> and, and, and where was it? It was Tappan Zee High School. Tappan Zee. So before, before that freshman year, I mean, I assume you were at least aware, aware of the sport. Right. Kind of, not really. No, I mean, I just, coming from Queens, grew up in Queens, parents are from Queens, and my dad played baseball, you know, the normal, like, baseball, football, hockey. Um, he didn't know anything about lacrosse, and really neither did I, but it was one of those things where my dad was like, you got to figure out something. He kind of said to me, and um, when he's like, they're giving out scholarships left and right for rowing, for crew, and girls lacrosse, and he goes, we, and I, we didn't live near water. So I was like, I'm not going to go do that. Like, where am I going to go crew? Like I can't. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I guess lacrosse it is. And with my friends playing, it was easy to pick up and take seriously. And 
just get better and learn and catch up to everybody else because the girls I were playing with were playing for several years before me. So they were clearly ahead of me. And if I wanted to stay with them and go to varsity when they went and that kind of stuff, I would have to just get better. So no, your dad didn't hand it off to you. Brothers? Did you have brothers that played? I'm an only child. Really? All right. So you really are the pioneer of the family. So when Tappan Zee High School, was there a team already there? There's a team already there, yeah. Was, was there was there a team with history? Um, I want to say they started in the I know they started in the nineties. I want to say it was ninety four, ninety five. Sam Coach started the program. Uh, my cousin actually, her best friend played. So when I was younger, but she was eight years older than me. So I vaguely they were playing with wooden sticks then. So like I I vaguely remembered it, but it was the same coach, which was nice because you kind of have that connection, like that family connection and. That was pretty much it. It was my only, like, real thing. But I was too young to understand it then. And then once I got to high school, I just, the same faces were the same and that kind of stuff. So when you... It was around probably 10 years, eight eight to 10 years probably before I came into high school, I would say. Oh, wow. Eight years, 94. Yeah, so six years, eight years. Sorry. Mathing's hard. (laughs) (laughs) Math and math and hard. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the so the when you landed there, it was already an, an already established team. What was the was the team a competitive team, and was the was the coach a, a was he a good coach or he she a good coach? Yes, um, it was two male coaches I, um, at the school. So the JV coach and the head coach were also best friends, and they were each other's assistants and also their head coaches. So. It was, I mean, it was a 500 team. It wasn't like anything over the top, but we were able to, by the end of the time I graduated, we were in the section finals for the, for New York state. So we made it the furthest. We were league champs a bunch of times, which is not really, I mean, now it's a much more competitive area Then it was still kind of new in the suburbs, um, outside the city. So it's a little different when you're not on Long Island. And then, um, by the time we ended though, we were something at least so how how did that work with a it's interesting to come to an established team as as a freshman right and you didn't Mm -hmm. have any history with the sport really i mean how how did that work did you did you spend the first i was gonna say did you spend the first year just really trying to catch up (laughs) pretty much yeah i mean i was putting in after the first season i was just putting in time fall and winter um, and some are obviously just going to camps, learning from other coaches. Anybody who was playing, we'd have pickup games at the high school uh, over the summer once a week. I was there. Um, playing with my friends obviously helps. So you're just like, hey, let's just go do this. Let's go run. And I would run with a, you know, I'd run a mile, a mile and a half with a ball stick and cradling, learning how to cradle over and over on the roads, just trying to get my stick handling down. And <laughs> just put it it's just putting in time really and I didn't um not that I specialized I just didn't play other sports so I swam and I didn't really do anything in the fall so it was enough time for me to be able to get better and at least get my stick skills and my handling up to par where it needs to be was Captain Z High School was that a was that a public school it was a public school yep so the the girls in your neighborhood you went to school with them was there was there kind of was there critical mass in the neighborhood where there were enough girls where y'all could get together and, and play? Yeah, and that was the nice part. And so the way it was, so I was a relatively small school compared to down here. I mean, I think if there were a thousand kids in the whole school, 
that was a lot. <laughs> um, I think my graduate, I mean, we, you knew every, everybody knew everybody. It was somewhat of a small town still. Um, I know the school has grown since then. They've added wings and there's a lot more kids going there now, but when I was there, it wasn't. Um, the neighboring school, Pearl River, were our rivals, but with lacrosse, yeah, we were rivals during games, but we all got along because we were all trying to do the same thing. Right. So if it wasn't just our girls from our team, we would catch up with girls from Pearl River and Annuette, which were the two neighboring schools, and we would just all kind of get together, and we were all friends. We all kind of – they're so close to one another where they – if it was Texas, they probably would be one high school. So that's you're, – you're talking five minutes down the road. So that's where um, I would – we would be able to get enough girls from the three schools to be able to do that. Did did any of those other schools or those those other communities or girls – did – Did I lose you? Did – no, no, you're are – you, can you hear me? I don't know. Um, where, yeah, where do I, where did I stop? Where'd you lose now, that? Now I'm going to decide whether or not I'm going to edit that or just leave all that silliness in there. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> so the, so the, the, I keep trying to tell people at work with every, the whole world is working at home right now. The internet is broke, man. There's, there's no, oh, it's so broke. Right? I was not it's, prepared for what it was about to handle. Yeah. Yeah. It's broken. The, I could have, we were trying to do a conference call, same thing. And I'm like, I can't fix that technology guys. Like I can't fix this problem. <laughs> So the, I, I, it's cool that, I don't know why, but it, it's cool that, you know, here, I mean, again, my perspective is boys, right? And we right. struggle to find density to have pickup games with boys in neighborhoods and in cities. But, and, and for some reason, I find it cool that, you know, here, I, I, there's a density of girls, right? Where you grew up and y'all are having right. girls pickup games, right? The, yeah. Did the, the, any of the girls that you played with, was there a generational component to that? Did they did they have somebody, uh, you know, a, a father or a mom or an aunt or an uncle or somebody who handed the sport to them? You know what's interesting is the girls I played with, no. They really? were all, yeah, because we didn't have boys lacrosse in our school. So a lot of them had brothers. Their brothers didn't play. Um, one of my friends did. Her sister played like, when it first started the team, but that would probably have been it. So one out of the seven had a connection prior. Really? Yeah. Wow. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would have thought there would have been a, you know, a generational aspect that would have been a little more prevalent than that. I think it's just where we grew up in general, like the boys sports weren't very, not that they weren't good, but like, I mean, I come down here and I see the high school sports down here. This is nothing like high school sports where I'm from. Like our, we didn't even have a football team my senior year because there weren't enough kids that signed up. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, that kind of stuff, like, seeing the athlete here from where I grew up, it wasn't the same. So, the girls, our girls' sports in a lot of the three high schools that we were close with were better than their boys' sports. Wow. So, I'm curious. I'm, I'm super interested now in your freshman year because you, you picked up a new sport with a, with a team that existed and players that existed. Mm-hmm. And you, you've already talked about you picked up a new sport. There were some pickup games, and then you've already made reference to that that summer between your freshman and sophomore year, where it sounded like you were playing organized lacrosse as well, right? So here you are within the period of you know six or nine months, and you've you've squished all this lacrosse into it, right? <laughs> yeah. So so what was that summer like? Um, well, we played as a team several places, so we would go play in sevens tournaments. Um, up and down the East coast. So pretty much South is, you know, South Jersey and North is Massachusetts and wherever we could, we just wanted to play. And there wasn't a ton out there that wasn't, you know, travel or 
or you needed a full team. Like, there was only a handful of us that wanted to do it. We could pick up a few here and there. Right. But we just wanted to play all the time. It didn't matter where or when. So, so the, we would just go. The, the, that's those summer teams, or that summer team, mm-hmm. I mean, was, it doesn't sound like it was super organized. Was it really y'all organized? No, it was just the girls I played with and a couple of the other area. Yeah, no, our parents drove us. Like, no, it wasn't organized at all. There's no registration fee. There, we split whatever it was to enter a team and just, yeah, like, no. That's super it was awesome. <laughs> we all, like, bumped up in rooms. Like, it was fine. Like, we just, we were a high school girl. We made it work. It was good. Yeah, yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, nowadays with the, the economy that's developed around these these off-season teams, right, I, I, I tell people all the time is, you know, it almost feels like parents don't see value unless there's a big dollar sign attached to it, right? And it drives me nuts. I know. It's so crazy to me because my parents, if that was now, my parents have been like, pick something else. Like, we're not paying that. <laughs> it's not a thing in my house. Like, that's not, I've never, yeah, I, like, couldn't, I can't believe the market it is now. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. it's wild. It's it wasn't wild. a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so after that summer, right, then you're going into your second year, your, your sophomore year, and you've got, mm-hmm. and you've got, at that point, you've got some lacrosse under your belt, right? Yeah. So what was different about that sophomore year for you? So for me, I was the only one that didn't make the varsity team out of my the group of friends and the group of freshmen that we're all in together. So, and I obviously like, you know, you're kind of bummed, but I understood, you know, why. So, but it was motivation to just keep working harder. And by middle of that season, I was pulled up to varsity. How does, um, I always ask folks this question who are in that situation. <laughs> I mean, how, how does that, how did that experience influence your coaching, right? Because that sucked, right? You wanted to be on varsity and that was a big deal for you at that point, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. But like, I, my coaches handled it, they handled it really well. Like, I remember the varsity coach sat each one of us in, in his office individually and spoke to us about like making the team. And he did that with every girl on there because there were juniors that didn't make varsity and were on JV and, you know, and the freshmen and all that. So he did that with every girl that was on the varsity and JV. Him and the JV coach sat with them, discussed what they could work on, you know, what team they were on and that kind of stuff. And I mean, all it did was want to make us work harder. Like, I mean, at least me, it made me want to work harder. And I just remember my first practice up on varsity, I called the JV coach crying my eyes out saying, take me back. Don't make me stay here. I can't do it. And he talked me off the ledge and p- keep pushing, pushing, pushing me forward. And then obviously it's all history now. But yeah, I cried after my first practice. Uh-huh. So how did uh-huh. you, once, once you made that switch to varsity that sophomore year, how did you do? Um, our sophomore year was tough. It was, we were like 500. We barely made the playoffs. It was just a very, it's a very odd chemistry on the team. Um, you know, we had just kind of a mixture of younger girls that, like, really wanted to play and commit. And you had some older girls that some were committed, some were doing it for just their college resume. And we have two really competitive coaches. So it was peaks and valleys for sure. Right. By junior year, though, I mean, we went undefeated in league and went to the section finals. So did you, in between the sophomore and junior year, did you did you keep up with the pickup games? And did you keep up yeah, with the we, everything was kind of the same. Yeah, okay. we still played as much as we could all the time. So... None of that really changed. We, I didn't go to as many camps and clinics. I played more just with them. And that's pretty much what we did in every summer and winter. We played in the 
indoor tennis facility they had. So they used to do indoor lacrosse for girls in seven on seven. So we used to do that also in the winter. When you when you played indoors, did did you play with helmets or any equipment, or was it still the same? No, it was just it was like a massive indoor tennis. I don't even know how to explain it. Um, if you could fit picture like four or five in one row of tennis courts with like uh, okay. gotcha. um, a netting divider, yeah, yeah. and then same thing, two two rows deep. So this massive facility is just tennis court material flooring like that mushy soft hard cement type thing and then um just all they did was raise the netting and we would just put a full field basically with two goals and we would just tape creases and that was it oh cool yeah yeah very cool um so after your junior year right you said Mm -hmm. junior year was pretty successful Junior year was really successful, yes. So did you go – how did y'all go into the, your senior year? Did you – um, So we lost in the section finals. Uh, so we went in with a chip on our shoulder for sure, for sure. Was that, was that a good thing? It was a good thing. I mean, we went undefeated that year. So the team that we lost to in the section finals the year before, we were ended up beating in the regular season. But we lost to them again in the section finals two years in a row. So yeah. at, what, at what point during – your career in high school, did you realize you wanted to play or did you, did you recognize or realize that you wanted to play past high school? Um, I wanted to get out of New York and the only way I was getting out of New York was getting some kind of money because it was the only way I was getting out. And cause it's not, I was going to a SUNY school and I just didn't want to be anywhere near the state of New York. So I was, my ambitions were solely to get me out of New York. It so, wasn't as much where like playing lacrosse, but it was like getting me out. So know? as soon as you started thinking about college and, and what you were going to do next, you were like, "Hey, I've 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 got to finance this somehow." Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I got to get out of here because I don't want to stay here. So how did, yeah. did you did you know where you wanted to go? No, I didn't know. I knew I didn't want to go anywhere hot. Um, I didn't want to go anywhere down south. And when I say down south, I mean literally south of DC, <laughs> south to, to me at the time. And um, I, so I was looking north, so Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and that's how I ended up at uh, University of New Hampshire in, in Durham. And when and you went there, and we were terrible. We were like two and ten. Like there was, it was literally kept me, but it kept me and my grades up and it kept me getting through college and being able to get and graduate. So you ended up at the University of New Hampshire like 2005? Four. I started in 04, yeah. So I graduated in 04 that September. I was in college in 04. So 05 would have been my first spring season. Gotcha. So when you, but you did go there, it sounds like they helped finance school for you. So when you went off to school, you knew you were playing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. They were pretty new. They were still relatively new at the time. Um, They had a few years under their belt. They weren't very good. So it was like still like you had walk-ons coming on and we weren't good my whole four years, but it didn't, like, I didn't care. It wasn't, for me, it wasn't about so much winning at all. It was just about like the people and like who is involved. So, you know, I still talk to some of the girls I played with to this day, actually. And, you know, it's a good, it's what I needed for sure at the time because it was the only way I was getting in school. So that when a lot of folks I talk to, it's usually at some point during their college career that they start coaching, right? So um, I I did actually. So what what were, of, you, what were you studying first off? 
Oh, I was a his I was a history major. Oh, really? Hey, congratulations! Yeah. I was a history major too my first time around. <laughs> I, I, I find that there's a lot of history majors in sports. Yeah, yeah. I I, I focused. Totally fine. No, I focused on this really important. <laughs> I focused on late Russian and early Soviet history. That was my. That was what I focused on. Yeah, very very important here in the states to know your late Russian. Totally and early fine. Soviet. <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> um, mine was ancient civilizations and American history. Oh, all right, good. That's almost as good yeah. as late Russian and early Soviet right. history. Right. <laughs> what do we do with ancient civilizations? We can't learn from our past at all. So what does it matter? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, were you going to teach, or did you even did you even know? Oh, I had no intention of teaching because I don't, at the time I'm like no, I, don't, I even to this day I don't even. I said, I send my kid to school for a reason. It is not to homeschool her. I'm going to be wholeheartedly honest about that. This is hard. And I, like, bless teachers every chance I get because I don't know how they do it. I have several friends who are teachers, and they are saints in well, my book. Th this is super interesting because a lot of the coaches I talk to, right, this track is they went off to school, they studied education, or they knew they were going to be teachers, right? Mm -hmm. And and during that college experience while they were playing and and, and, and training to be a teacher that's when they started to coach and it all kind of dovetails off that right so mm -hmm. so without all that how did you end up when and how did you end up coaching moving to texas so you did when you were in college at, at, at i yeah i just you know when coaches would need help like we would run camps and clinics but like that was my experience like it was mandatory the coach made us do this it wasn't like i i raised my hand and said oh i'll help out no we had to put hours in when we would run our camps and clinics so that was my only experience coaching prior really? yeah and i really didn't like kids i'm gonna be wholeheartedly honest about that not i just it wasn't my thing at all so after college, I worked in New York and I wasn't so until it was 10, 11 years after, or there we go, mathing again, eight, nine years after I um, moved down here and it wasn't until I moved to Texas that I started coaching. So you graduated college in 2008? Yep. With a degree in ancient history? History. Good, good old so, degree. <laughs> so only history majors can laugh about that. Otherwise, uh -huh. <laughs> otherwise we'd all be offended. The so when you graduated, there, there, what did you do after you graduated school? You didn't come directly to Texas, correct? No, I didn't. Um, I worked for the government for about ten years. Okay, all right. So there was no coaching, no lacrosse during that period. Nope. At all. No, oh, well, I played for Coors Light um, for Gotham Lacrosse, so I still played post collegiately for a twenty-one and over team. Okay. And how, how long did you play? Until I moved to Texas. Everything, like, so I stopped playing when I moved to Texas because they didn't really, there was nothing here for adult women, really. Right. Um, and it's such a different level of play. Like, I mean, the girls I played with in New York were playing on the U.S. team. So, like, they were just old and they were like, listen, we don't run for balls anymore. Like, we don't do these things. There's no, like, this is, like, this is how we do it. And they're, they were so good. It didn't matter. And here wasn't like that so, so what what years were you up there playing uh it was oh eight so when i graduated in 08 that summer i played and then all the way to 2014 2013 was my last season so up to 2014 and who did you play with was it did you it's just, it just a team sponsored by course ladies gotham lacrosse oh okay yeah you always the beer the beers are always great about sponsoring they are very good about that so who did you, you, you mentioned that you played with 
some legitimate players. Are there any names we'd recognize? No, there were a lot old. I mean, they had they. So I was the youngest girl on the team at twenty one, and their the next youngest was thirty five. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm, there was a I'm, quite a big jump there. I'm on the other end of that. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm forty nine, and I play with a bunch of kids that are my son's age. Um, <laughs> the did you find that 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 community? Were they coaching? Did you bump into a lot of women that, that were coaching at that point or still not? No, not really. I mean, because none of them were teachers. None of us were teachers. We all like some, you know, some women didn't work. They were just raising kids. Others were, you know, had normal like finance jobs or banking, whatever it was. So they everybody had like a nine to five where it's hard to coach with a nine to five gig in New York. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Right. So how did you end up? What brought you from from there down to Texas? Just need a change of life. Um, it was after Sandy hit. It was just weather. I just wanted a place with no weather, no rain, no nothing, and I just was tired of the snow and just all of the things that sometimes New York can wear you down on. You know, it's a growing up in the city and as close to the city as I was, and back to the city after college. It was it's a hard place. It's definitely a hard place, and I didn't didn't want to stay there anymore I just needed something different so one of my friends was down here in Austin and I visited a bunch of times loved Austin a whole lot of fun and I was like eh, let's take a, let's take a chance let's do this and there is a job positioning and an opening um, for the job I was working in so I transferred down here and that was it and then I packed up my stuff and came to Texas so this was 2013 yep so I'm curious you had to move to Texas to get involved in lacrosse again. So, how did you? I mean, you've, you've been disconnected. So you don't have a coaching history at this None. point. You're disconnected from the game, and you because apparently to- all you needed in Austin was a pulse and to know the word lacrosse, and that's all I needed to do. I could spell it, and so they were like, "Here you go. Here's a job." So when you, the, I mean, how did that happen, right? So when you landed here, how did you? How did you I, who was so the first person like, you touched? Yeah, I was like, you know what, I'm going to, you know, let's just see. Maybe I'll start coaching. Somebody just mentioned to me, like, it was just kind of going through, like, a change of life thing. So, really, just looking in different places. So, somebody said to me, you should coach. And um, I said, okay. Started kind of emailing, like, Googling Texas lacrosse, what's down here, Austin. And, like, a lot of things aren't making sense to me that are coming up because I'm, at this time, an ignorant New Yorker. And I assume every place is, like, New York. So, that means it's in every school. There's community everywhere. Lacrosse, lacrosse, lacrosse. Like, every, well, it's, it's our school sport. We're sponsored. Every state has to be sponsored. What do you mean? So, that, like, was I couldn't realize what I was Googling at the time. Now, when coming down here and seeing it, I realized why there wasn't a ton of information. So, found, um, actually teamed up with Tom O'Grady, who is the coach of Vandergriff Girls, um, for Vandergriff High School at the time. So, it was like, we didn't even meet. I think it was just via email. He just saw, like, I played this, that, I sent her, and that was it. And so, I started with them. Now, First thing I realized, like, their seasons, your seasons are way longer than ours. Because we don't start till, like, end of February, March, and oh, we wow. end, like, our state championships are usually the first weekend in June. So, looking at it, I was like, oh, wow, you guys, like, go a long time. Like, you start in January, and you go straight through. And then they do this fall ball season. I was, like, was not prepared for how different it was. 
Um, but I was with Vandergriff as an assistant for a year. And then I went over actually to Lake Travis for one year because Tom started a program there. So he needed a coach. So I went there. Um, and then I was with Westlake after that until I came back to Lake Travis. So you were originally, it sounded like maybe 2013 with Vandergriff, 2014 with Lake Travis? Yeah, so they they started the program at Lake Travis. So they started youth and a JV team. So I basically went over and just helped them. So did you, when you, the original gig at Vandergriff was at high school, right? But when you went mm-hmm. over to Lake Travis. You, you, it was you, also high school. It was, so it was youth and high school. Was it was it, youth and high school, was yeah. Was it boys and girls or just girls? Just girls. Okay. Boys program was already established and for a while, I believe, at that okay. time. All right. And then you said you, you went to Westlake? And then, yeah, I was an assistant there for two years. Two or three years, yeah. And then I stopped coaching altogether for about three years, two years. Really? Mm -hmm. And then this is my first year back, actually, yeah. So when you were at Westlake, what was your role there? So I was a defensive coordinator. Um, I worked for, now, I mean, we ended up living together. She's one of my best friends now. We didn't know each other at the time, but uh, Sam Williams, she was the head coach there. And then she hired me and it was like, it was awesome. I mean, I had a great time. The girls were okay. I mean, we were successful for Texas. You know, we made playoffs and that kind of stuff, but you know, it's girl, the girls sport is tough here. And especially in Austin in particular, I find like talking to some of, the other coaches, the girls coaches outside this, outside of Austin, like in Houston and Dallas, they, it's like they have easier time with people buying in to like girls sports in general and just like why they're important and why they should be taken as a priority and seriously. So I'm going to, I want to come, I want to come back to that, but I want to, I want to make sure you said you took a couple of years off. What, what drove you to take a couple of years off? Uh, I had a baby. Okay. Well, that'll do it. Yeah, you pretty much will do it. <laughs> and then, so, so now you're back, and this is your your first year back, and you're at yep. Lake Travis as the defensive coordinator. Is Tom Tom O'Grady still at Lake Travis? He is actually with UT now. Okay, all right. Yep. So, I'm, I want to go back to the, what you just mentioned about Austin being <laughs> different. Is it? So when when we talk about the boys' sport a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, San Antonio, Austin, Houston, and Dallas—they're all so different, right? Yes. And we're not going to get into the governance discussion at all, but nope. I, I contend that they could all be governed. A thousand percent, yes. Right. Uh huh. So, is the difference you're describing—is it—is it a difference in the girls' sport and boys' sport, or is it a difference that's specific to girls in Austin? Mm-hmm. From, like, what I've, like, I guess, I think it's specific girls in Austin. Like, I don't really, I don't have a ton of friends outside of this area, so I know a few coaches. But, like, you know, the coaches here, we all have the same issues. You go outside the cities, like, they have different issues, and, like, they don't have to deal with as much of the nonsense we do. But, I mean, we, any type, like, it's tough to not be UIL in a girls' sport because it's treated almost like a social club, which is hard. What, um... Well, I guess you answered that question because I was going to ask you about the folks in, in, in Dallas and Houston, right? And maybe some of the differences they see or what their perspective was. It's just they're like, you know, when I'm complaining about issues or problems, they don't seem to have the same ones. Really? Mm-hmm. 
not in the same way. What, do you have so you face the same challenges the boys do, right? The big the big ones are kids, coaches, field, and lights, right? <laughs> I suspect they're the same challenges. Is that accurate? Uh, more no, we face more of like recruiting bodies and talent. Like that is more getting the girls to like getting girls to buy in to take it seriously, to want to go the extra mile, to want to travel, to want to get better. That's where we, we're kind of what, when I'm talking to like the guys coaches about it, they kind of refer to it back to like, Oh, well, it sounds like it's the boys game like 10 years ago. Like, you know, it sounds like it's like, it just seems like we're a little behind where the boys are now. Is So have you coached at, I mean, I know you've coached at the youth level. Is, is that attitude? Is that, girls at all oh, youth is easy is it, or is it like just... you yeah like youth is easy i mean even just across the boy boys girls it doesn't matter like to me like they're still going through puberty we have no idea what type of athlete they're going to be in three years when they're on varsity or two years on varsity so like youth i think a lot of like i don't take it too seriously it's not about so much winning or losing or life or death it's just more about just the fundamentals for the girls and just getting that up at the high school level is where that part of it's not taken as seriously or it's more of a social club I struggle with because it's a varsity, it's still a varsity sport. Right. Do you have at Lake Travis at this point, do you have, Oh, I'm, we're spoiled at Lake Travis. Well, I was going to say, do you have, do you have a feeder program of girls at this point? We do. Yeah. So, and we also have a great parent who's running it. Um, several we have a good board and good you know our head coach who's been involved with the program from day one he's fantastic Don and you know they've they really put a lot of work into the program itself you know and we are trying to expand it more and I've been helping out where I can I don't want to coach you know I don't want to be a program director I don't want to be a head coach those things to me aren't enticing I like where I am so and I don't want to add more to my plate, but just being able to help them with guidance and that kind of stuff on the, at the youth level has been, it's been rewarding to see the growth we've had on the girl side. And I do think a lot of it is to do with the boys and how well they've done because a lot of them are sisters. But it sounds like, it sounds like from a, just from a coaching on the field coaching perspective, it sounds like you're integrated with the youth a little bit. It sounds like you're participating with the youth a little bit. Is that correct or not? No, I don't. Okay. Yeah, I don't do anything with the girls' youth. Okay. I'm just the varsity is, assistant at Lake Travis. Is the is the the girls' organization in Lake Travis? Is that a separate organization from the boys' organization, or is it all part yes. of the same org? It's a completely separate organization. And then within the context of the girls' organization, is the youth managed separately from the high school, or is that all part of the girls' org? It's all part of the girls. It's one board. Okay. So have what. What age do you go down to on the low end with the girls? So it's fifth grade. We're starting. We're trying to start um, a third and fourth grade. We're trying to make Holy moves cow. to get a first through fourth program going is, for next year. Is there? And I, I don't. I, Jordan and I talked about this, but I don't remember the, the details. In in Austin, is is there enough critical mass to have a girls, you know, girls teams? Travis, there is. I mean, there's so many kids here. I mean, just people in general. I mean, this area is just growing. So it's basically two communities make up Lake Travis ISD, and it's Lakeway and Bee Caves. So those two communities, and it goes all the way out to Spicewood. I mean, the district itself geographically is huge. And all of these new developments that are popping up and just the amount of people that are moving here there's enough to do an in-house league at least oh, wow. and just do For something girls, really? to grow it. If it's marketed right, there are enough kids here. I mean, they're growing, 
after building new schools left and right, we just added our third middle school in three years or two years, whatever it was, Our because they had Lake Travis Middle School, and then we just added two more. Oh, so, wow. yeah. Wow. And the, I forget, I don't even know how many elementary schools we have. There's a lot. So what, at the high school level, what is your level of, I hate to call it integration, but that's the only word I can come up with. What's your level of integration with the school or the school district? So we're actually really lucky um, here, at least on our side. If you talk to the boys' side, they may not say the same thing. <laughs> but we are we have a parent who works for the district um, who's a department head. So we practice at the high school a minimum of three. We get three, three days a week. But we can, if we wanted to, like, add a day that week, we can or find other things. I mean, there's a lot. There's enough. They're trying to get more space for us, but we – we pretty much haven't made. I mean, we don't, or we have easy access to fields and practice fields, um, changing stuff. If I want a classroom to do film, I can get a classroom to do film. So like, there's a lot of things with just Carl working in the school and where he is and his relationship with the athletic director and the assistant athletic director gives us a lot of leeway. Do you get, with facilities. do you, so your, your practice field space, is it lit? Do you have lights? Yes. Oh, turf wow. and lights. Oh, and permanent lines on the turf. Wow. Yeah. So it's nice. Like, I don't complain. Like, we have it, compared to other programs, we have it very easy. And how do you, how do you organize use of, of classrooms and audiovisual stuff? Is, is that... Maybe... I just email, so one of our board members is a, he works for the school, so I just either text him, email him, say, hey, I need space on this date, this time, and that's it. Really? Stuff. So, yeah. you're... Are you lucky enough that your girls come from a single school? Or if you do something like where you have a film film work, are you pulling girls from multiple schools and they've got to it's get... It's one school. Is it really? It's one school here, yes. Oh, my gosh. I think I want to come be your assistant defensive coordinator. <laughs> you want to come over and play girls? Great. They work harder than boys, I swear. <laughs> so how does the... Here's, here's an interesting one. This is going to get interesting. So... All that you just described, right? That's specific mm-hmm. to the girls' organization. What's the boys' organization? What 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 is their relationship like with the school? Is it is it the same or is it is it a different um, creature let me altogether? Put it th- let me just I'm just gonna say one thing. I love Chris to death and I love the boys' side to death. But I'm just gonna say make one statement. The boys have had more games at the middle school than the high school. We had every game at our at the high school and practices. But see the and I, I hate to say that's a bummer, right? But you, but you understand what I'm saying here in a second. That's awesome, right? right? And that's a whole lot of awesome. But the bummer is it's not institutionalized. It's based on that relationship. A thousand, yes. A hundred percent, yes. And it's if, complete and if, nepotism. And if that guy leaves, then what? Right. Right? Right. Total bummer. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. But man, while you've got it. Oh, it's so nice. How it really awesome is. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. And I I mean, I love the voice side, I love the head coach over there and he's he's awesome, but he's just like, Well, I came up with this whole plan. I'm like, I'll support whatever you want. I'm behind you hundred and ten percent, but I'm also not gonna bite the hand that feeds me right now. <laughs> and we have like a really good thing going. So I will support anything you put forward, but I'm not leading the charge. So do they <laughs> do you know, the, 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 the big, the, the big things, right. 
are, are always the homecoming parade and the yearbook and you know yeah. the announcements and all that stuff i assume y'all have all that yeah and i mean they do like the parents do all that like i don't have to do anything i just show up for pictures but they do or all that organizing and all that planning and being you know whatever we need to make an appearance at it's done and the girls have to be there on their parade float or whatever it is they handle all that wow do you cut girls no no is it is it is do you cut girls because that's a stated objective or do you cut girls because you, you can't? We can't. can't. I mean, we don't have enough. I mean, right. it's not, I mean, we have enough to split varsity and JV and it is a tough thing to split them, right. but we don't have enough to actually cut from the program now. Do you practice? But I also don't believe in cutting those. So that's like kind of a fundamental thing for me. Gotcha. Is, is, do y'all practice JV and varsity together? Uh, on the same field, but separate sides. Oh, there you are. There you are. Okay, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Internet sucks. Um, how, so how you, how many coaches do you have at the varsity level? So there's three of us, and then there's two JV coaches. So five altogether. Wow! Holy cow! Mm-hmm. All right. It's not bad. I'm jealous. Yeah, this is incredible. Y'all, um, y'all carved out more than uh, than most teams in Houston. Honestly, they're. J- it's just, it's a good, like, I've always, I, so, before I stopped coaching two years ago, I coached this team, this sophomore class, when they were in seventh and eighth grade, sophomore and freshman class. There's just, they're a good group. They're just, a, they're good people. They're good families. They're a good group of girls. Like, they're very motivated. And the parents are super supportive, but in the good way, not the crazy way, which is nice. And, like, they just they just really have made a lot happen here. And it is like, I say to the, I wouldn't coach anywhere else. Like I wouldn't have taken a coaching job if it probably, if it wasn't with these girls and this family and this community. Is the, it's interesting that you describe, you know, the, the good families and the good parents. And, and that is that, what's that culture reflective of? Is that, is that something you and the coaching staff have, have developed and worked on over time? Is that a reflection of the families and the coaches are in turn a reflection of what the families are trying to achieve with the organization? I think it's a little bit of everything, honestly. I mean, we have really good parents and like, I don't, and really good kids. And I don't really ever say that about every kid that I'm coaching, but like, this is one of those kind of anomalies that have happened. And these girls have been playing together for a while through the youth and they've come up and the parents all get along really well and there's no real politics. It's like really nice and like it's good. It's a good feeling to work, to work in that community and work with the girls and their families. What, um, what are y'all doing at the varsity and JV level at the high school level culturally for the, for the girls? I mean, do you, do y'all have, I mean, it's really just about accountability, you know, and I mean, it sounds, we all talk about it and it sounds stupid because we all should be doing it, but it's just, you know, holding yourself accountable, holding your team accountable and I hold them accountable. They hold me accountable and it's kind of like, and the rest of the coaching staff's no different. I mean, we're, we practice what we preach in that sense of like, this is the standard we're setting. We're going to hold ourselves to it and we expect you guys to hold yourselves to it. Are y'all, have y'all put put into place any... I mean, do y'all do any, any any reading, right? Any any kind of quote schoolwork, right? Is is there anything like that y'all are doing with your teams to develop that culture? Um, 
not really like anything out of the ordinary. I mean, I talked to the girls often, but I, I did have a relation, you know, coaching them when they were in seventh and eighth grade and, you know, high school transitioning to high school can be scary. So like knowing even as sophomores on varsity, like they're still sophomores on varsity, you know, and right. they're shy and they're quiet and they're this. And it's like, I think just having a familiar face there or somebody that they know, it's just has a good relationship. I mean, I joke with them all the time and I say it all gets better because they're little balls of anxiety. I mean, I feel like every high school girl is, I was no different. And I'm just like, Oh, it gets better guys. We're going to get through this together. It's going to be okay. It's <laughs> funny. I think when you have that connection with just people, because you know where they're at, like I just, they're so concerned about the future and what direction they're going in and what they're dating. And I just tell them like, listen, it's okay not to know. Take a deep breath. We're all going to get through this together. How how much of that, I mean, are we back? I think so. Oh, okay. Perfect. So, so, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because that, 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 that attitude Right, that hey, it's 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 okay. It's it's gonna get better. Right, that that casual attitude that you have. I, I rewind all the way back to when you were in high school, right? And you were like, "Man, I'm just getting out of here." Right, I just need to. <laughs> I need to find. You know, I'm, I'm gonna finance getting out of here with lacrosse. Right, so I mean, it, it, it's interesting that it sounds like a lot of your experience. Right, you pull forward with these girls and use with these girls. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it is. I try to, you know, be this because they're. I mean, high school is not easy. It is not what me or you knew it as. It was not as forgiving as it was, and especially I think for females in general, and just like all of the stuff on the day to day things that they worry about. It's just just to be that support for them and just to be there and like, like listen, it's all going to be all right guys. Like, and it's not there. It's not coming from their parents. They know, I mean, they're not dumb. They know their parents are always going to love them and support them. So like they know their parents are always going to say those things to them. Hearing it from somebody that doesn't necessarily have to say it, I think goes a little bit further. It's interesting that you mentioned the idea of it, of high school maybe being a little more difficult for girls nowadays than it has in the past. Right. Yes. From from your perspective as a coach, what role does social media play in that for your girls? So I try not to go down that road. Um, I, you know, the, I'm lucky in the sense of like I know they're on it and they do their like Snapchat and all that stuff. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a social media person at all. So it's hard for me to understand it but I think if they know like listen like none of that matters like it doesn't matter what you know Susie Smith said like who cares it doesn't matter she's gonna have no relevance on your life in three years like it just try to kind of keep the noise out essentially you know and you know be careful what you post because it it is all googleable and it will all come full circle and come back to you so be smart so you don't you don't maintain any social media presence even as just a, a bit of a window into what your girls are doing? Nothing? Nope. Really? Not at all. Do, yep. do, do, do any of the coaches on the staff? Or I don't think is that so. a conscious decision? I mean, I don't, I don't think so. No. All right. That's interesting. And I, I mean, yeah, that's interesting. I just, I'm a terrible social media person. Like, it's, I just don't, Facebook came out when I was in college. So it's not like I, I, 
went through probably with like access to Facebook on my phone or at high school. Like Facebook wasn't invented until I was like a sophomore or junior in college. Invented. So like for me, it's like this weird. Like yeah, I know how it works and I get it, but like I don't actually get it. So what have, I don't understand that. So then I'll, I'll flip it over. Then what what are your girls teaching you right now? there are a lot of things like I'm not a big like Snapchat Twitter I mean my first Twitter was through them they made me do it I'm like I don't know how what I'm doing I don't know how to tweet I mean the coach on the boy side the coaches read me twi- tweets because they know like I'm not on it or how I'm like yeah just what does it say read it to me. <laughs> so it is like I am learning and I do know it is an effective tool for you know marketing and get and like a lot of people do use it as a resource and i know i need to get better at it well, to that, just be able to grow but yeah. it's hard and that's what i was curious if 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 the girls savvy right social media savvy had maybe rubbed off on you or maybe you had seen some of the benefits right that you as a coach could leverage yeah i just gotta figure it out like to me it's i don't understand in the sense of like who gives a sh- like you know I'm just going to curse. Who gives a shit? Like, who gives a shit of what I have to say? Like, nobody. Like, I'm not anybody important in that sense. So that's where I struggle with what does it matter, what I say. Right, right. <laughs> like, the world doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Especially right now. Look at what crap we're dealing with. Does it matter what I eat for breakfast? No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's not relevant to the world. This is true. <laughs> the You mentioned um, – so I'm, I'm interested. You, you, you played – competitive women's lacrosse it sounds like mm-hmm. right? in new york and when you came back here it sounded like you were kind of waved off right no no there's no women's lacrosse here is it have you still found that to be the case no i know it's popping up and i know there's more because with more of the college clubs being around now like ut texas state um i know a lot of the universities around here are starting so that is growing a little bit more where it looks like they're starting to get more playing post-collegiate, which is good to see just all around for people. But also there's so many people that move to Austin all the time. So that's the one thing like we benefit from just as a community across the board, boys, girls, it doesn't matter. People want to live here and people want to come here. So if you're coming from the Northeast, there's a really good chance you're going to play. You played lacrosse or have seen it in, in your lifetime. So to be able to coach or do something where like you might not have necessarily done in, in the Northeast or on the East coast, you will you could in Austin, which is kind of nice. Yeah, so like we're, we do struggle obviously like with coaches and fields and that kind of stuff. But at the same time, like you just really got to kind of knock on doors and you're going to find people because there's enough turnover here and enough new faces that have some background in something. Yeah. That's the thing the Austin economy is, is, it's fundamentally different from the Houston economy and the Dallas economy, right? And, and yeah. I, I think you're you're dead on. You're, y'all are getting a lot more new faces in Austin, right? Yeah. Um, it's a it's a it's a tech hub, right? So, but just also just Texas in general, there's no market. Like this is the only state that has a market for coaches. People like you can't just go to Jersey and go be a coach full time. It's not a thing. Like, it's not, like, this full-time high school coaching only exists here. That's, you know, it's interesting that you mention that because in the in the UIL discussion, right, the, the coaches and coaching comes mm-hmm. up a lot. It's a culture right? thing. But, but then when this you go stems talk, from UIL. Yeah, but when you go talk to uh, Brendan Hunt, who used to coach at Langham Creek, and he now lives in Michigan, mm-hmm. right? 
you talk to him, and I ask him about, hey, how does coaching work in Michigan? It's a sanctioned sport, I think. There, I think if I'm, I've got my state right. I said, but how does right. how does the the coaching profession how does it function? He said, well, they, they don't have to be school employees. Right. They're just coaches. It's also a three thousand dollars stipend. Right. So it's it you know it just I, I we've gotten all wrapped around the axle on this issue that I'm not sure is an issue as it relates to the UIL discussion here in Texas. Well, it's not, but I mean, the coach, the market for coaching has come from UIL. If you look at that structure as it's, as it is, you have a head coach who is also a athletic director who's making yes. six figures. Yes. So if that's what's setting the standard, it's not really about teaching. It's not about really being an employee of the school. You right. don't, you're an administrator. So it's not that that's where our culture came from of like, okay, well he has to be a program director if he's a head coach. It's like, right. well, why? Yeah. So you can feed him some more money and get him to stay around. Right. Because that's <laughs> what they do with the football coaches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all are, goes hand in hand. So are you, are you coaching off season at all? No. Are, do you, any interest or no? No. Nope. Nope. None at all. I don't want to travel. I have no desire to. Are, what, what are you doing? What have you been doing with your girls locally in the off seasons? So they do, so we do an indoor, not, I wouldn't call it box, just indoor lacrosse essentially. So they'll do that in the winter and then we have a fall season. So, and they play summer travel. So the girls travel both winter and summer, most of my girls. Amanda mentioned that she and her husband actually organize co-ed pickup games. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, right? Is it, that's I, awesome. And the reason I ask, I was, I was like, man, is that a thing in Austin? Because that's super cool, right? That is pretty cool, but I don't think it's a thing. Well, you, need, you should make, now you know you've got something. Now I know I might have to yeah, just copy that, and just make it a thing now. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, it was awesome talking to you. Hey, we're, we're bumping up against eight forty-five or so. Oh. Is, is is there anything we didn't cover that you wanted to cover? I and, and like we talked about earlier before we. Man, we could talk about youth because I know you've been really involved in youth. And if we were so inclined, we could talk about high school governance, but I'm really not that interested. Yeah, no, hard pass um, on that one. Yeah. So maybe we come back around at some point and talk about youth because I know you did a shitload of work with youth in Austin, right? Sure. Yeah. I Youth is, I love the youth. I mean, I do. I just, I love all the people involved, the coaches. I mean, what they've grown here, what they've done here just is, it's incredible. I mean, it's incredible to see and be a part of. It's really, and it is different than the other cities. I know, Austin, we're like the weird But no, it's cool. It's, out, a, but... it's a cool model. I, you know, who, uh, and you mentioned him earlier, Kiernan. You know, Kiernan and I uh, talk quite a bit, and he's a big fan of yours, and he's a big fan of what you did specifically for the youth in Austin. Right? Was it me taking away play no playoffs? No playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> shot her around the world. <laughs> what do you mean Austin doesn't have playoffs? I know. I could yeah. I we I was there were a lot of things that built up to this. And I mean, at the end of the day, kids gotta be kids. Period. Right. End of story. Kids have to be kids. It is part of their child development. It's part of their brain function. And this is like on a completely different level of like how important it is for kids to be kids, for their psychology and for their brain development. And if we don't, if we're going to be hyper competitive from kindergarten, that is not going to breed a healthy human. That is not, they're down the road eight years later, nine years later. We're not going to be dealing with a healthy human. We're going to be dealing with an anxiety ridden hormonal teenager. That's terrible. 
we don't want those things. So we should get we should get you and me and Kiernan <laughs> together <laughs> and have a discussion. That would be awesome. But yeah, I absolutely do want I, I do want to come back and talk youth. So for sure. In in one of my many previous lacrosse lives, I for three or four years I bounced between president and vice president of Greater Houston Youth Lacrosse. So that's the governing body. Yeah, so that's the governing body for boys lacrosse here in Houston, right? Um, uh -huh. So I've got lots of firsthand experience and lots of opinions. Um, and, and I'd love to sit and talk with you and, and discuss. For sure. I mean, I, yeah, it's common sense. Like, that's what I tell people. My law is common sense stuff. And, you know, with coaches, everybody thinks everybody has their own agenda. When you come in as a neutral party, I didn't have an agenda to any, you know, they, and that's what they were looking at, you know, and that's all it was. I didn't have a dog in this way. I didn't have a kid at the time. And I think I was pregnant. That was about it. But I was having a girl not relevant to boys lacrosse. So it was, you know, kind of one of those things where, and then you work with them, you educate parents and it's a lot of work. It's a, answering a lot of questions, repeating myself often, but it's giving them the right guidance so that they're not left to their own devices. That's what I really truly think it is. And then letting coaches do what they do best. Coach. Yeah. There's a novel idea, right? Isn't it? There's a novel idea. Well, this was awesome. Like I said, I, I had a blast talking to you. I'm excited to follow up with you and maybe about some new stuff. Um, For sure. Hang on just one second.